was lovely worship. Um, as I mentioned earlier, another brother of ours from Burundi too. You can welcome him. You can give him a clap, Alan. <laughs> Alan. So I've had the privilege of preaching at the Burundi services with Alan as a trusted translator. And you have to really trust the translator because they could be saying anything. But Alan has been found trustworthy. Okay, so we trust him as a translator, and we trust him this morning to bring us the word of God with humility and with grace. That God has been speaking to Alan, and God has given Alan something to say to us. So I'm going to pray for Alan, and then I'm going to give over for you to preach the word for us. Father, thank you for Alan, whom you've sent to us this morning. Thank you for all our brothers and sisters whom you sent to join us in worship, Father, to the praise of your glorious grace. And I thank you that you've put word on Alan's heart this morning. And I just pray that you would anoint his words by your spirit. We open our hearts to receive your word through Alan this morning, God. We trust you with that. We, you are sovereign, God, and we, we honor you and we honor your servant Alan this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, everyone. Um, it is such a privilege and honor to be here this morning. Um, as he mentioned before, I, my name is Alain Iranghonda. I am married. I am here with my beautiful wife, Athia. She can... Oh, wow. And I'm with my small little boy. So I'm so glad to be here this morning, and I'm feeling so much joy to share the word that the Lord has been laying on my heart for the past um, two years, actually. You can't believe. Um, it is the experience that I've been living through, and... Actually, I feel like the Lord is so merciful. Allow me this moment to share with you, share with the church. Um, I just want to thank the ladies in this congregation and the elders and everyone in our translation service. They're all trying their best to make sure we, we get the whole hermeneutics to make sure we are understanding what we are preaching, and I thank D.B. for the time he spends with us in the discipleship meetings, and I thank the church, the brothers and sisters that the Lord has given me this morning. I came in the land, I was alone, and God has been so merciful, he gave me the beautiful wife, and he gave me a child. What a blessing. He gave me also the spiritual family, brothers, and sisters. So this morning, I'm so delighted to share with you that um, we have the God that is the perfect father. In case um, you don't know, you probably might compare your father to the God we have, which is a perfect father, but the earthly fathers cannot be compared to the father we have in heaven. So... I'm going to share from my own personal experience with my earthly father. 
and then we can see what the Bible has to say about our earthly fathers and our perfectly father we have in, in, in heaven. When I was born, I was born in 1993, it was a very critical moment for our country. It was a very civil war and people were running from one place to another to save their lives. So I happened to run away with my mom and my dad. But at a certain time, my dad was kind of away from me. And in the civil war, we, we have to have the fathers to protect us. Now imagine you in the war, running away, fleeing, and then at the same time, you find yourself with your mother alone. How terrible is that? So I lived that experience where I couldn't see my father, where I couldn't see the protection of my father, the care of my father, the provision of my father, the guidance of my father. So we reunited, but at the same time, my father was a little bit away. He couldn't be with me until I was at age of 18. I could experience that my father is not there, my earthly father. So now I'm a father, I can experience how to have a child, and that child is not attended by a father. It's so sad. You feel lonely. You feel like you're not approved. You feel like you, know, you don't belong. You feel like any society doesn't know you. You feel like in the family, you, you, you're alone. But there is a very good news that we have. We have the perfect father who is always there, who is always providing, who is always caring, who is always guiding, even though our fathers on earth cannot really do that. There used to be a moment where I was speaking to my mom. I would ask my mom, Mom, what's really happening with my dad? Because he's not giving us time. Seems like he's not there. And it's so sad when you have things going on in your heart when you have things going on in your life and you need the presence of the Father to express what's really happening with you, and the Father is not there. I'm not a psychologist, but I'm sure when you have things going on with you, when you have life that you're living, and then you need somebody to express to, and that person is not there, I'm sure the psychologist can tell you the consequences. It led me to a point where I became introvert, extremely introvert, because I was living a life where I cannot express. I couldn't say a word to my dad. I couldn't have time with my dad. And remember, in our culture, it's very, 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 very difficult to call it and say, hey, dad, I have a word with you. I have a word for you. Unless he tells you, hey, I've given ration, I've given everything to your mom. I mean, don't waste my time. I mean, fellow brothers from Burundi, they can tell that. But what happens until we come to Christ? And then 
he takes us to the Father, the perfect Father. That was a part of my testimony. So now how do I relate to the perfect Father? How do I really live the life where I can see the Father in heaven as the perfect Father? He fills the gap. Friends, people, everyone in the society cannot really fill that gap that I had in my whole life until I met Jesus Christ who could say, hey, I have the Father that I'm just going to take you to and then he is the perfect Father. Money could not fill that gap. Everything, the pleasures of this world could not fill that gap until only Christ was revealed to me. And then I could experience that presence of the Father. A.W. Tozer is one of my favorite authors. He said something very important. He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Isn't it? Some people might say, hey, we, if we think about God, God is that kind of old man who is there in heaven, who is looking down on earth, and then he sees people, and he's about to judge or not, he's going to spare you or not. He's going to feel like, hey, this one is a little bit better than the other one. He's like an old man, a divine man somewhere there. But it is very, very, very important if we understand, if we know the right image we have in our mind when we think about God. He is not just the father. He is not the better version of the father. He is the perfect father. In fact, Jesus himself, he said, if you see me, you see the father. 189 times Jesus is teaching us in the four gospels that God he is the father. He just said, he teaches us, he is the creator, he is the judge, he is the omnipresent, he is everything. But there is a character that Jesus is teaching to us, and that character is the Father. I have a very short list of the fathers on earth we can relate to this morning, and I believe the Holy Spirit can just, each one of us have a spot. In the fathers, the four kinds. We can have many lists of the fathers, but I just want to break down and just say these four kinds of fathers. There is an absent father. The absent father. There are so many reasons that the father can be absent. Probably he's dead. He is divorced to the mother. Or probably he went away from you and then you can't really experience that father. You can't really see him. He is, in so many cases, absent. You can't really see him. 
There's a second one who is abusive. See, it's very important when we have our fathers on earth who can approve us, who can affirm, who can say good things about us, who can bless us. But not only this father does, a, does bless us, but he abuses us. There are such kind of fathers out there. Instead of blessing, instead of affirming, he's every day against you. He can never talk anything positive about you. He's always against you. Your emotions, he cannot take them. You can't express your feelings to him. We have a performance-based father. There are fathers, hey, if you come home with A's, hey, I'm just going to buy you a BMW, isn't it? Then if you fail, hell on you. I'm just going to beat you up. I don't have money to spend on you. You have got to get time to study. You have to do the best you can to please this kind of father. And that's very sad. We cannot really, really satisfy another human being. We cannot at any cost. And we have the last one. Probably many of you have got that one. The empowering father. That one is there telling us, hey, Matthew, you're cute. Hey, Alice, you're beautiful. I love you. I'm here for you. Whatever you need, I'm your dad. I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. I'm here to tell you that I love you. And he's there. The father is there. You can experience the love that the father has in the family. And then you feel wrapped up. You feel that the environment of the father. I always feel like, what if I were, I were to be the father in that period? Before the grace, before salvation was exposed to me. I would be a terrible father. In so many cases, you give what you have. And so many times we need to imitate our earthly fathers. What they do is what we feel like doing. So many times we feel like, hey, the father is doing this. I need to join the father and do the same. What about me? Who has it been exposed to the father's love, the father's care, the father's provision? But there is a very good news that was made available. And that very good news is made available through Jesus. When he died on the cross, and he said, it is finished. When John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus, and there came a very big sound from heaven that affirms Jesus as his son. He could only say, this is my son in whom I'm delighted, because he is the father. And that voice was the voice to affirm, to approve, to proclaim to the world that I'm so delighted to send you my only son. And in whom I can see you as my sons and daughters because he is there to represent you in my heaven. 
So we see Jesus is there. When we receive him, he takes us to the Father, and we can experience the fatherhood, that perfect fatherhood. The role of the father on the earth is to protect, is to care, is to give. But that's just a role. That's very different from our father in heaven. He doesn't have a role. It is the nature of him to love, to protect, to care, to guide. It is not the role. It is his own nature. He's made of love. He's made of provision. He's made of guide. He's made of everything the earthly father cannot do. And he does it perfectly, better than our earthly fathers who are every day failing. So our father is loving. John 3:16 NIV says, For God so loved the world that he gave his and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, the father is not only there to love you, but he is willing, he is able to give his own life. What a kind of a father do we have on earth that can die for us? Never. We never find that kind of a father. But in him, he says, look, I'm going to send my son, Jesus, to die for you. And the same way that I see Jesus is the same way I see you. I could not experience my father's love. Neither was he able to die for me. He couldn't. Our father's nature also is to love, is to protect. Sorry. Is to protect. David in himself, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's not going to let you go to a place where he knows you're going to suffer. You're going to end bad. He's there to protect you with what? With his rod, with his staff. How many fathers have let their kids take these crazy decisions of their lives? And they're there. They don't say anything. They're just away. They're absent. They're either absent. They're abusive. They're performance based. They are not doing anything to protect their kids. And David in Psalms 23, 4, he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I know you're there. You can never let me. You are there to protect me. So I, I don't fear anything because I know you're behind me. You're in front of me. All of the sides, you're there to protect me. The father 
is also caring. That's his nature. Isaiah 49, 15, he says, Can a mother forget the baby at the breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Yes, he can. She can do that. She can really do that. She can. And why can she do that? Because the world collapsed when the only man fell and everything collapsed the relationship collapsed everything collapsed and yes she can do that if she can do that but I am the perfect father I can never do that at any cost I can't do that I have I have a two month boy every time I'm soothing him and then when he cries, I feel that pain. I feel like crying too. I'm not going to just take the baby and take him to the bed and just leave him there. No. I'm going to take the baby, take the bottle, put in his mouth, trying the best, take the dummy, trying everything I can. <laughs> everything I can. When he was born, and then I would sleep, and then I would have him on my chest the whole night. And then the mother is snoring, probably. <laughs> and I wouldn't care, I wouldn't mind, because I would feel like, wow, now if I am this kind of broken man, I can extend that kind of love, that kind of care to my son. What about the one who created me, who is every day, always, who has been, who is, and who will always be perfect? What about that one? Eh? The father, the other nature of the father is to provide I can relate to this. My mom would go to my school and say, hey, teachers, principals, I don't have money for my child, the school fees. She would go because my, my dad at, ten, at a certain time was absent. She would go and please, I beg you, please let my son study. I will give the money, I will bring the money. She would try her best to bring the money. I remember the one time my mom and I, when I was coming from school, my mom was crying. I said, the, the deadline that I gave to your teachers, to your principals, is that I have to bring the money today, but I don't have the money. What happened? Did they chase you? And I said, no. Now, it says... Matthew 7, 11. If you then, <laughs> that are evil in your own nature, can randomly, can possibly do good things to your children, 
What about me, who is perfect? Not only the better version of you, but the perfect father. How much more? How much more will I give the gifts to those, to those kids of mine that ask me all? I will do more than you can do. Because in your own nature of failing, of trying the best, and still you fail, and you can do the best to your kids, what about me? Who is perfect? I will do thousand folds of what you can do. So the father's nature is to provide. My father wouldn't pay for my school fees. I know that. For so many years, I would go to my uncles, cry, give me the school fees. And my uncle would sometimes be so sad, so bad to me. Sometimes they would give, sometimes they wouldn't. And if they don't, I would go to my mom and cry. But can you imagine where things are supposed to, spoke, to be spoken to the dad are spoken to a mother? At some point, she would burn out because it's so heavy. She wouldn't take it anymore. Now, until I experienced the Holy Spirit visited me when I was working, my second year at varsity back home. And he could speak to me. He said, I know you're trying to get the love from your father. I know you're trying to see that your father can be there for you. But he's not there. And do you expect him to be the best? But I'm the only one who is the best. I'm the only one who is the perfect one in whom you can come and you can feel peace. In whom you can come, you can feel protection. In whom you can come, you can see, you can find provision. So I learned to rely on this one who is always perfect. David said, even though my mom and dad can forsake me, he will still pick me up. He will still take me. So he is the providing one. The other nature of the father is to guide. I don't have my father that guided me. You can tell a child who is raised by the mother alone. The mother trying the best, trying everything she can. My mother is the one who said, okay, you have to go learn languages because I need you to speak when I can speak languages. When I can speak, you will be there to defend me. So I went and started languages. I started French. I started English. I started African languages. So I went there. She would encourage us. She would guide me. And look now, I'm standing there sharing the gospel 
in an English. Isn't that good? <laughs> Isn't that good? Now, the mother who is doing that, what about having a father who is there to guide you? In the nature of not even knowing how to guide, but he still tries the best. I had dreams, I had everything, I had plans, I had, had everything, but because my mom at some point, she burnt out, I couldn't take it to her anymore because I was like, no, you know it's going to die. You're the only one that I have here. The father's nature is to guide. And in that guiding, there is rebuking. Why do I mean that? Because the father is there to say, hey, what are you doing? Come here. In our culture, we do have sticks and we That's love, though. But we have the father who is, the, who is rebuking, at the same time is guiding, saying, hey, you've got to be so-and-so. So you better learn yourself. You better behave, right? So the father's nature as well is to guide. Still, Psalm 23, 4. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I highlighted your rod and staff. Of course, the rod is there to guide you. The metaphor of a shepherd in the psalm. When the shepherd is using a rod, he is guiding. He's saying, hey, sheep, no, that's a crazy green pasture. Hey, come here. That, that grass can kill you. Please come here. <laughs> you don't have to go grass there. You have to come here. You have to, to make sure. And the sheep that knows him, they know this is my father who is guiding me. This is my shepherd who is guiding me. And the metaphor used here, when the shepherd uses the staff, you already know it is to kill the bear, right? To kill, to make sure my sheep is, gonna, is not going to be devoured by a lion, by something. But in this case, he uses the rod to guide us into his own direction. This morning, I want us to reflect on this. If you said we have a Holy Communion, I want us to have an open mind, an open heart to relate to this. First John three one. It says, "See what great love the Father has lavished on us, 
that we should be called children of God. And that is what are the real, that is what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. As a matter of fact, what kind of love did our father, our virgin, in Kironi virgin says, spoilt on us? How does he do that? He sends his own begotten son. And he makes him die for our sins. So when he dies for our sins, and when we come to the one he sent, we can come and relate to the one who is perfect. When he sent and said, kill him, so that you and me, who is lost in the sin, When we were dead in our sins, Christ died for us. What kind of love can the perfect father do? To lavish his love, to pour out his love to the sons and daughters of his. And actually he goes on and he says, that is who you are. You are the children of God. Now, because I know in my whole life, I haven't experienced the lavishing love of my father. Now I can relate to the one who even sent his own son to die for me, who spoiled, who lavished his love for me. I know he is the perfect father. Romans eight fifteen. The spirit that you receive does not make you slaves. At some point, we have the fathers that make us their own property. Beat us, do everything they want. I don't know how you can relate that, but I know in my culture the fathers do that. The son wants something. The son wants to be approved. The son is there, but the father still. So that you... You live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received, that spirit through Jesus Christ, brought about your adoption to sonship. The spirit to sonship. That spirit is only found in Jesus. When you come to him, he takes us, he presents us to the Holy Father, to the perfect Father, and he says, hey, this arm." The sons and daughters you sent me to save. Now the same spirit in us confirms Christ that we are Abba Father. We are of the Father.
I want us to think about this thing. How does, as I'm closing, I'm ending, how does the relationship with your father impact the relationship you have with the perfect father? How can you relate to that? Maybe you might say, hey, my father hasn't been good at all. Some people say, hey, if God is like my father, I don't want that God. Because my dad has been terrible. My dad has been so much bad. I don't want that kind of a father. But the good news is that he is not the better version of your father. He is the perfect of all the fathers we have. The father was able to die for us. Now, how can you think about that relationship you have with your father and the one you have with your perfect father? Did it cause you to not see God as the perfect one, as the perfect father we have? If so, I personally forgave my father. And the sad news is that he was even a pastor. He was a pastor. He was always taking care of the ship, of the church. But when he comes home, I couldn't experience that love. I couldn't know if he is the father. I couldn't know that. I couldn't at all. I couldn't at all. Now, because I know there's one who loved me perfectly with my sins. He washed away my sins. I can extend my love to my father, to my earthly father, who has then been loving, caring, protecting, giving the best he can to raise me. I can relate to that. Now when I call my father, I tell him, my father, I love you. I love you. Soon, looking forward to a trip to, t to go back home and, and tell him, hey, I was saying that via the WhatsApp, I'm here to tell you, live, that I love you, that I can forgive you, because there's one who is perfect, who is always the best, who is always perfect, who has forgiven me, who has already forgiven you too. I can still pray for the Father. I want us to engage with this kind of father we have this morning. To think about him. When you think about him, is he in your image? You think he is the same kind of a father? He is not. He is the perfect father. He is the one who is willing and able to lay his own life say, hey, this finished. Your sins are finished. Now my heart is free because I forgave my father. Can you forgive your father? Who is probably in the list of the four. Who hasn't been there? Who has been abusing? Who has been the performance-based one? Who has been empowering? But yet he couldn't give life to you? 
he couldn't die for you, though he is the empowering, though he is the good one. Father, thank you for this morning. I thank you that you are the perfect one. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us. who died for our sins. Now in him, we can relate to you, the perfect Father, Lord. Father, we welcome you this morning. May you teach us to see you as our Father, our perfect Father, despite the failures of our fathers on earth. Our hearts and minds are open, Lord. We want to experience your perfect fatherhood. We want to experience your perfect love. We want to experience your perfect care. We want to experience your perfect guidance. We want to experience your perfect protection, Lord. The same lens you see, Jesus Christ, we believe you see us too, that we are sons and daughters that you are delighted in. We probably didn't have our fathers to tell us that they love us, but you tell us that you love us. You tell us that you care for us, though our fathers couldn't. We thank you this morning for your grace that was poured out on us. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we pray. Amen. Um, the ushers can hand out, com we're going to take communion now uh, and we can hand out the, the bread and the wine <coughs> or the juice, but um, wow. Um, 